people guarded. Where is God's army? Peace and blessings. Welcome to this ending, Thou Shalt Not Pray. I am your hostess with the mostest, the real first lady. On this show, we will have controversial discussions on sensitive topics relating to spirituality, relationships, bridging gaps in today's pop culture, and if it's in the book, we talk about it here so that you can feel more confident with your one-on-one relationship with God. For more information about me, visit my website at goingpublic.live. Send me an email at therealfirstlady at gmail.com. Send me a voice message. I will respond. I may even use it for another episode discussion. 1-866-832-LADY. That's 1-866-832-5239. Leave a review, good or bad. Like, follow, and share. I am free from commercial or political influence. Let's get in this. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has an ear, let him hear. Matthew 13, 3 through 9. Peace and blessings. Welcome back. And if this is your first time, I would like to welcome you. First, I'd like to say thank you to all of my listeners for your support um, and for loving me. And I can tell by the analytics on the different platforms that are provided that you are indeed um, picking up what I'm putting down. So let's put it like that. So I would like to say from the bottom of my heart, though, seriously, thank you. There's a lot of stuff going on out there in the world. It's not just with me. And my God, Satan has been on my heel, literally on my bumper since probably Thursday. And he really showed up again this morning as well. And uh, I had to slam on the brakes on him. I'm telling you, because it, it's just beginning to become a little bit too much, not just for me, but for everybody in the whole world. So I try not to complain too much because everybody is going through something. And of course, uh, Queen Elizabeth, she passed away. The whole country, they went into mourning for 10 days. They laid her to rest last week. And now what's next? 
who's next? Somebody is always next. You know what I mean? But there's a lot more to that story. It's not over yet. It's all going to boil down now to the fruit. To the fruit. Is she really royalty? Only God knows. Only God knows. But at the end of the day, I know that she was a mother and a grandmother, just like mine, faults and all. And so I say farewell and may God rest your soul. My prayers will be upon your family and your generations and may they bear good fruit in the name of Jesus. Amen. There you go. Moving along, I want to move a little closer to the to the episode, and I want to point out something. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh, I'm quite sure that you've heard of him. Speaking of greatness after death, Vincent Van Gogh. I love art, all kind of art. Any talent that can be expressed through music, poetry, painting, drawing, or anything that is unorthodox or anything that's unconventional. If you can do a symphony with spoons, I'm impressed. I love it. Uh, my biological father, he's left-handed. And that's rare. And my whole life, I was always fascinated by everything that he did. From cooking and to stirring to writing to playing baseball and shooting hoops with his left hand. It was just always fascinating. Everything he did. And it just really made me feel that I had a special dad. Someone that was different. Someone who was unique. So I like things that are a little bit, you know, abnormal, you know, to say the least. So I want you to listen to this very carefully. I promise you it'll all make sense in a minute. That Vincent Van Gogh, he planned to be a pastor and he worked as a lay preacher in Belgium. He started painting when he was 27 years old and he didn't have any formal training. He didn't have money to pay for the model, so he painted himself instead. He suffered from mental health issues and voluntarily admitted himself to a psychiatric hospital. And out of that psychiatric hospital was born his most famous painting, which is called Starry Nights. When he painted Starry Nights, he didn't even think that it was any good. And he considered himself as a whole to be a failure. And it's rumored that he only sold one painting in his whole lifetime. He shortchanged himself. But after he left the asylum, tragically, he ended his life due to those mental health deficiencies at the age of 37. And he only painted for 10 years of his life. Here we are now. Over 150 years later, his original works, over 900 paintings, sketches, and drawings can be seen all over the world. There's a Vincent Van Gogh, well, actually it's not called Vincent, but it's the Vincent, it not, why do I keep wanting to say Vincent? The Van Gogh Museum in 
Amsterdam. I think they're the ones who have the most of his work. The New York City Metropolitan Museum of Art, London's National Gallery of Art, and the Starry Nights painting is only a hundred million dollars. That's all. And there's an opportunity for anyone who can't go to a museum to experience the gifts of this man. You can experience the beautiful mind of a madman with this incredible immersive experience called Beyond Van Gogh. And it has 300 works of his, 300 of his artworks, paintings, sketches, drawings. Um, it's widely known all over the world. In the show is projected on every surface that's around you. And it makes you feel that you have stepped directly into a Van Gogh painting. Yes, it's an experience. And it's coming here to El Paso and the tickets are on sale now for December. I need a date. I need an emotional support plus one. You know what I mean? Just in case I need a tissue or something. You know. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love that. And so while we're speaking about original works and masterpieces, I want to get to the nitty gritty of this episode and I want to shed some light on the darkness of plastic surgery. It's a new age movement of knockoff human beings and bootleggers copyright infringement violators. Uh, that is what I personally think of plastic surgery or any type of alterations, unless it's an emergency or health concerns. But I want you to think about this for a second. Think about a brand new car, right? And it really doesn't matter what kind of car, any kind of car that you choose that suits your needs, your wants, your desires, the year, the make, the model, anything that you choose is going to have a distinct number. And the distinct number is the VIN number, right? And so now when you buy this brand new car, usually there's a bumper to bumper warranty or a, a, a manufacturer's warranty. And as long as you keep up with your routine scheduled maintenance, go to the dentist, brush your teeth, get your mammograms and colonoscopies, pray, go to the eye doctor, you know, do what the manual recommends and you'll be good to go. But it's only for a specified period of time. And also, if you breach, you void out all the promises within that contract. Now, an example of a breach would be misuse or overloading, going off road when it's not designed to do that, adding kits and overly customizing, modifying or using aftermarket parts, altering the odometer, tampering with it, disconnecting it, replacing it, you can't determine the exact mileage. 
the manufacturer, the creator said, steel, not plastic, not silicone, not implants, not fillers. There's women that are walking around right now who may look like a, let's say a Lamborghini, but it's a Kia engine. It's not what it appears to be and it doesn't perform like it's supposed to. You understand? And what you end up with is an as is. When you drive off the lot, it's on you, even if it breaks down on the way home. And that's when you find out that it's actually a salvage title for real, even though it works, even though it runs. It's been recorded as a loss, not only a loss, but a total loss. It's as is. Now, one thing I want to know, if you knew that a Brazilian butt lift is liposuction, where they suck the fat from your thighs, your hips, your stomach, or wherever there's excess fat, they remove it, sterilize it, and then surgically inject it back into your behind. And then you've got your tummy tucks and mommy makeovers, all of these excuses to mutilate yourself, permanently destroying yourself, disfiguring yourself, making yourself imperfect for the special low price between five to $12,000. That's the price for dismantling. That's the price to destroy. That's destruction, not construction. It's fake. It's bootleg. It's a knockoff. It's disrespectful to the creator. And honestly, if I were to keep it 100, it's really a sin against God. There's no vision required, no originality, no creativity, nothing to be respected. You're a cheater. You don't believe in God. That's why you don't believe in yourself. You're an illusionist. And so I would like to make a public service announcement to all the good Christian virtuous ladies out there who still have all the original parts issued by the manufacturer. Don't forget our merchandise is good. That's right. Our merchandise is good. We'll come back around again. Don't worry about that. All this other stuff is fading to black. It's playing out right now as we speak. And as you hear the sound of my voice, we're classics. And classics never, ever go out of style. Please understand me. So think about 
Who does this glorify? Who does it edify? Who is benefiting from this? Because God said that we're fearfully made. We're wonderfully made, which means that we're made full of respect and reverence, uh, uh, distinction and individuality. Individuality. I can't wait to find out how in God's name this will be explained or justified. Okay. We just have to wait and see at the great unveiling. And you know what? I remember when I was little, when I was between the age of 12, seven and 12, I would get a whole lot of heavy shade because of my complexion. I, I've been called so many names like, I don't know, uh, 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 LeVar Burton, Kuta Kente, Burnt Toast, Tar Baby, you name it, all right? I never understood why it was always pointed out in such a negative way that I had a dark complexion. But as I grew and as I matured, I started to understand clearly they were trying to steal my riches. They were trying to steal my riches, trying to chip away at my self-esteem, my goodness, and the belief that I was, in fact, unique and special, peculiar, melanin-rich. I was wealthy. And somehow, I knew it. My paternal grandmother, Catherine, she used to always tell me she's melanin rich as well. She used to always tell me the cream always rises to the top. And now here I am. I'm 52 years old. I have 52 years worth of experience thus far. I can co-sign that. I can. I can co-sign that. I almost got robbed, y'all. Can you imagine that? Who's not good enough? And not good enough for whom? That's my question. So I want to go ahead and get with the scripture, the episode of this whole, the scripture for this whole episode, which is the parable of the sower, the farmer, the scripture was read. So I want you to think about this. God is the sower, the creator. His word is the seed that he spreads all over humanity, all over the world, in Europe, in England, everywhere in United States, South America, everywhere everywhere, regardless of the condition of the soil, okay? We are to help him sow his seed, which is the word of God and not the word on the streets, but the good news in our own creative way. And our hearts, our hearts, that's where the seed is planted and grows. That's the soil and the condition of the heart is going to determine how well we respond to the word of God, the gospel. Our heart is going to determine whether we live or die. It's deceitful. 
above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. It's full of truths and lies. And so this parable, it speaks of the seeds being scattered on the path and snatched up by birds, which are the people who can't retain it. It's in one ear and out the other. They just don't understand or they're just not interested. So it can't take root. People walking all over it, walking all over the word of God. It can't take root. And there's the seeds that are scattered on the rocks. And those are the people whose enthusiasm has been curved. They were once hopeful. The the soil was thin, perhaps. But there was a sprout of hope, perhaps. But due to situations and circumstances, trials and tribulations, it dies out and it no longer lives in the heart. The seeds scattered among the thorns are the people who are so distracted by the outside forces, peer pressure, weeds, it can't take root. So the seed gets choked out. And we know what choked out means literally. By fame, riches, looks, pleasure, self-indulgence, self-indulgence. Then there's the seed that that fell on the good soil. The good soil are the ones who hear, understand, and accept the word. Those of us who get it, we're firm in the truth, producing fruit. It's a much bigger picture. It goes further by saying that the harvest landing on the good soil will reap a harvest 30, 60, 100 times bigger than what was planted from that one seed, one human being. And if we could all learn to open the book, we can then begin to understand why we do not put confidence in The flesh, it can't stand. And when we people who claim to be Christians, us people of faith, when we don't stand up for the gospel of the truth, then we're given approval and we're allowing this trash, this garbage to pervert the gospel. Point blank, period. It's evil disguised as being reasonable and intelligent, original and authentic, when really it's not. And I'll tell you another thing, being open-minded has nothing to do with defending the gospel. Polyamory, that has nothing to do with defending the gospel. Cosmetic surgery has nothing to do with defending the gospel. What are you doing it for? If it does not give God the glory, it's 
all in vain. It's in the book. Now, there's this missionary martyr and his name is Jane, uh, Jim Elliott. And he expressed it this way. He is no longer a fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. We have to work with what we have been given by God. We have to make it work. It's just as simple as that. We have to make it work. We can't just say, oh, I don't like my nose. I don't like the lips you gave me. I don't like the butt you gave me. I don't like these stress lines you gave me. I don't like, I'm going to fix it. No, we have to remain genuine for our specified point of time. As is, we have to come to him. And how do you want to come to him? If you want to come to him raggedy, that, hey, I don't know. I'm just saying, whatever you have, you have to make it work. Because he gave it to you. He gave it to us. So that means that grace is extended to everybody. Even the people who he knows already are going to reject it anyway. He is hoping that it can take root. And the highs, the lows, the paths, the rocks, the thorns. He gives every seed a chance to produce no matter where it lands. The chances are slim if it's not on good soil, but not impossible. The difference is going to be in the will. And how you care for your heart. That's going to determine the growth. You can grow wherever you are planted. There is nothing impossible with God. For real. The book. It gives us specific promises. There are statements of quality. Written and orally communicated to us by the manufacturer, the creator, I'm authenticated and cannot be duplicated. I'm verified and certified original from the dirt in a very real way. All of us are, but only what we do for Christ will last. You can believe that. And in closing, thousands of years ago, Apostle Paul became respected posthumously. He considered all of his gains and all of his accomplishments to be rubbish, rubbish, garbage. And then we move a little closer, 150 years ago, Vincent Van Gogh, respected, posthumous, considered his paintings and his drawings and sketches as not being good. 
Clearly he had no confidence. So in our lives, as we are creating a masterpiece using the formula that's been given, the book, and there's a formula for success in there that is freely given to all of us who dare open on this canvas or this tapestry of our lives. We have to place the color of the pain, the sorrow, the joy, the setbacks, the letdowns, the disappointments, the rejections. But we can't forget, we have to add the color of the blood that was shed by the one that died for you and for me. This is the distinction. This is the signature of authenticity. What's on your canvas? What's on your tapestry? Is it an original? Does it bear the mark of authenticity? We will soon find out at the great unveiling of your masterpiece. Will it be a fake or an original? If you need help with the situation, think of me, your personal first lady. Let it be known and watch the results. I'll write you a spiritual prescription. Call me, 1-866-832-LADY. That's 1-866-832-5239. I need your help. Please leave a review, good or bad. There's always room for growth. Share this episode with someone who may need a pick-me-upper or a laugh. To learn more about me, visit my website at goingpublic.live. To show me some love, simply like, follow, and share on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all other social media platforms. All links to this episode have been provided for you in the show's notes. If you feel inclined to support this podcast, a link is provided as well. Don't forget, I promise you, if you listen to only half of what I tell you, only half, I guarantee you'll be in first place. Thanks for listening. Blessings.